AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel M. Pern. Welcome to Bar Talk. Is it weird to think we could have been Strangers passing by in the street But the universe had other plans And now I can't get you out of my head Maybe I'll call, pick up the phone But I've been stalling on what to say Write you a text, read it again Why can't I just say what I'm feeling? Cause the truth, the truth is that I'm in a you Sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. 
Hello, hello, folks. How are you? You good? Damn right you are. After that scream, I tell you what, if you were asleep before you, before the end of that song, you weren't afterwards because fuck, I love a distorted scream. <laughs> uh, welcome. <laughs> welcome, one and all, boys, girls, gentle ladies, and gentle folks, and gentle children uh, to the brand new episode of the Bar Talk podcast with myself, Daniel, and uh, a very a first, actually, I should put out there. The very first uh, crossover co-guest special VIP visitor. I don't know. Call him whatever. I'm I'm honoured. <laughs> Damn right you should be. This is a bloody yeah. exclusive. No, got Liam from the from Flawless, a music podcast, as our guest co-host. Liam, welcome. Hello, everyone, and thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure to it's a pleasure to finally uh, have someone I've. I'm not not used to annoying uh, on the other end of the yeah. line. It has I'm like fresh meat, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're all the way up in Brisbane, are you? We are. Yes, we are. Our podcast and based up here in Brisbane, and yeah, that's where I'm from as well. That's magnificent. You're our uh, free birds up there, allowed to go out of the house. How does that? We feel? are. Yeah, we we have just been starting to record back in each other's houses again, which has been awesome. Yeah. No, I'm keen to hear more about what you guys do because we'll have a chat about. Uh, the podcast and and what happens on that a bit later because I've been having to listen to it and I really like it but um, more for cool. that later Thanks. folks so don't go anywhere but we're going to talk about what you just heard because at the end of the day that's oh come on we'll say forty percent of the reason why you're here sixty percent is purely <laughs> my my raw charisma actually no I'll say I'll say fifty five percent I'm going to leave five percent for our guest co-hosts how do you feel oh. Liam 
Thank you very much. Im- impress me enough times, I'll I bring ho- your percentage I hope my up to ten. Doesn't overflow yours. <laughs> impress me enough, I'll bring your creative. Uh, I'll I'll bring your percentage up to ten percent. How does that feel? Awesome. Ah, I love I love a man. Still got the deal. Still the deal maker, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, those two tracks you heard, a couple of absolute pop bangers to start off with, and uh, about time too. We're absolutely overflowed with over, over flooded with tracks this week. Uh, first off, across the ditch, Jeff Ong's song "Into Into You." Now, I don't know about you, Liam, but um, when you get into someone, do you feel like you have to repeat the same word over and over again? Not really. It does feel like maybe there was a typo when he was writing the name of the song down and it sort of, by the time he realised that it was too late and someone had pressed into a vinyl or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, it's that, that's it. I think that was the case with, um, you might know too, uh, with ELO's first album. Apparently that was, that was the same thing. Uh, I can't okay. remember what they called the album in America, but it was a typo. And it was right. like called, they yeah, called no, this, they released the album as like album number one. That was the official title or something. And it was just a yeah. ty- it was just a typo on the American. And then like uh, by the time they worked out, it had already been released in, in shelves and had sold how many copies. So Jeff Lynn mm. was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and so be it. But yeah, I mm. suppose Jeff, we, Jeff, we want to hear. Um, is it just a Kiwi thing to repeat your words when you're falling head over heels in love? Uh, or is it just a stylistic choice? We want to know. Mm. And I think it's almost maybe he's into being into someone, like he enjoys the idea of being in love. Ah, uh, so maybe you see, you state the obvious, but sometimes the obvious needs to be stated, Liam. I, yeah. I don't blame <laughs> you for saying that. You, you, I was when I was listening to the track, I was listening out for that to try and figure out if that's what it was, but I didn't. <laughs> there wasn't. It's just such a clean piece of pop that it doesn't really matter what it it, is. the lyrics are actually about. And you know what I was into? Into I was into the. No, no I'm going to repeat it twice. I was into into. The arpeggiators, I love. I, I, mm. I, I get get aroused by some sexy, uh, <laughs> wiry arpeggiators. So, yeah. Jeff, you've got me piped up there. I like what you're mm. doing across the across this Tasman Sea. He's awkward, awkward yeah. artist too, and I'm trying to think. I believe he's got a release coming out. Yes, I'm correct. He's got his uh, his upcoming album is going to be released later this year. So, watch this space. Yeah. Hopefully, um, he'll need to update his Facebook page too because his his banner image is him playing bass in a very much rock and roll band. <laughs> no, maybe so this is like the to go back this, to his pop styles. No, maybe this is the uh, maybe this is like the selling out period. You know, he's like, yeah. fuck this rock and roll business. It's not making me enough yeah. money. Get me going, as many I'm going solo. As <laughs> More arpeggiators. I want all the arpeggiators right now. <laughs> But yeah, it was a good mix. Um, we've been listening, I've been listening to, uh, Daft Punk for an upcoming episode of our podcast. Yes. And the opening, the opening of the song very much reminded me of that, like very retro and sort of quite eighties. Yeah. Oh. But then the, the way he brought his vocals in was quite modern as well. So it was that good mix, which Daft Punk do as well, of like a good mix of retro and very quite modern. Yeah. That sound is right in at the moment and yeah. has been for a while, like largely been eighties, especially last year, a lot of eighties inspired stuff over the last, well, last few mm. years. But I'm starting to see a lot more mix between the different retro styles, a lot more seventies influenced stuff, which you'll hear more about later. And even sort of early two thousands, especially with a lot of the pop yeah. artists that grew up in the early two thousands. And you got to remember mm. people that are now 18, 20, they grew up in that period and you, you see a lot of those influences come in. But yeah. yeah, as and I always bring it up, but I like where you can sort of draw on, where you can sort of hear that that influence being there to create something new. Mm. It's definitely a good way to make me feel old, though, because those <laughs> kids 
in the early <laughs> noughties who grew up were like the, the people they were listening to grew up in the 80s. So that's where they picked it up from. Yeah. So I've now been, I've now been alive for essentially three cycles of pop to roll back around again. <laughs> you only, you only realize you feel old when, uh, I'm guessing when, when you hear styles being, being ripped on that route mm. already when you thought that pop music gone past its prime. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, after that that track, we heard the brand new single by Racket, Crush. Now, I don't know about you, but I fucking love a weird weird sample. Uh, how was that for an ending? That was sort of like it, it was it was like pretty much you know not I don't want to say cookie cutter. It wasn't. It was like cool cool sort of very mm. slick pop, and at the end, out of nowhere, ah, yeah, like- yeah. Because I had a listen, so I listened to that song. And I was like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. Very pure pop. The auto tune vocals has got the whole thing going on. Yes, I. Yeah. And then I went back and then you hear that sample. It's like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> and then just- you go and I listen to her, some of her other songs on YouTube. And that's that's her style. Her style is janky, really weird pop. Yeah. It's- so Crush is very vanilla for her. And she's obviously just going at the last moment. No, nah, I'm going to throw this little extra bit in. <laughs> you throw me off. That's the first single I've heard from her. So I'm, a l- I'm kind, okay. of, kind of uh, intrigued now. But yeah, yeah it's-, it's really antagonistic, very aggressive. Um, she's a queer, very out queer artist, mm. and a lot of a lot of her other stuff is very big on sort of inclusivity and representation and stuff like that. But very sort of angry, um, aggressive stuff. And this, so yeah, this one is a real outlier. If you had listened to her other stuff and liked it, yeah. So that's that's interesting to to think that that's a uh, that's an outlier in the sense that I'm not used to. But I, mm. well, I've also found that well, I haven't I haven't heard a lot of auto tune and a lot of well, pitch correction used as an actual yeah. effect in a while. So it's, again, you know what I'm saying about that weird sort of 2000s throwback we're starting to see now? That's mm-hmm. a really, really good example of that, I think. So, yeah, interested. Uh, it that's was produced p- and mixed by a guy named Dave Hammer, which is just like always yes. a fantastic name. Anytime you see the name Hammer, yes. you're like, yeah. Uh, apparently mixed by a Grammy award-winning engineer, Joe, Joe Laporta as well. So mm-hmm. uh, some real royalty going in there. That is yeah. that going to be part of a? It says debut mini album. Like, couldn't you just say EP? EP? That's an EP. <laughs> yeah, that's an EP. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I can't remember. There's there's this weird sort of category that's in between the album and the EP, and it, like songs. I'm thinking like song uh, albums, and I say that with a grain of salt. That have like eight songs. They're usually between thirty and forty minutes. I call mm. them albumettes. Right. Or album albumellas, you know, like you can have like the yeah. novel novella. It's like the novella yeah. version of like a, an album. I'd, yeah, it's like that sort of sweet that sort of sweet spot between spontaneity and a real in depth look. Aka, your mm. budget ran out at eight songs, couldn't get another two in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, when we look at albums on our podcast, it's the longer they are, the less likely we are to find them flawless because there's just we like a good eight eight track, <laughs> thirty five minute album. It's just nice and neat and compact, yeah. and you can just get it all done. Yeah, it's no the double big, albums. The big long ones that take over an hour that you're always going to have a problem with. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a really good point. Anyway, um, we might as well have a little chitty chat about the track we're coming up. Of course, a little bit later oh, this week. Of course, I should mention I had the very, very. That's the wrong word to say. I was about to say the, the very, very good pleasure, but that grammatically <laughs> doesn't work. I had the utmost pleasure. Of speaking to Paige from Wing Defense, a duo from, well, they're technically a duo, but they've got, as we go into it, as you'll hear, they have sort of other members, secret members, like the fifth Beatle, the third Wing, as I've <laughs> said. I think I said that on the, um, on the, the interview. So I, I like repeating myself. Anyway, I had a great chat to, to Paige, 
who you're going to hear real soon. Um, our second South Australian artist in a row after last week's uh, interview with Tom West. So, I know they're doing something good acro- uh, down in that part of the world. I don't know why. I've heard, I've always heard Adelaide's had a very sort of tight knit community of artists. So, it's really good to mm. see that coming out into the forefront. Anyway, we should probably talk about the next track. Now, this was a, yeah. this was a cool, cool little track. And I immediately got a, Alex Cameron vibes off this next track. She mm-hmm. got the very much sort of that's that sort of again retro eighties synth pop and sort of that more ballady style going on yeah. there. Um, Jess Cornelius's song "Body Memory." It's got actually Racket had a really good good uh, music video too. I don't know if you ended up seeing it where they were dancing, but so did jo- yeah. Jess Cornelius, yeah. where she's sort of standing in like this open field or like on top of a ridge or something. It looks. On a road, I can't quite remember. I don't know. I can't remember too much about it, but I remember when I was watching, it was quite good. So go and check out the music videos too. But uh, mm. what were your thoughts on this one, Liam? Um, this one really took me by surprise. So this was the first one in the list that you sent me. So I this was the one I whacked on first. I was picking sort of favorites with that like, low it was just like, throbbing like, baseline. I wasn't picking favorites. I was just like, okay, what no, is no, this first? No, but <laughs> it just happened to be the first one that I I listened to. Yeah. And so yeah, you sort of it's got that low throbbing baseline. You're thinking, oh yeah, we're going to ease into this. And then the opening lyric is, "When we met, I used to make you laugh. Then we lost the baby, and it broke my heart. And I find it hard to be that funny now." And so just like out of nowhere, I'm like, okay, this is a completely different song to what I might have expected it to be. And that's what the whole thing is about, about her body and herself and her memory and then that dissolving relationship with yeah. someone that she's lost somebody with. It's, um, yeah, it's really like, I, it's a great song. It's just, it's just like, okay, now it could be literal. I don't know what going on in Jess's world, but, but mm-hmm. I take it, you know, probably a melodramist as most songwriters are the baby could yeah. mean anything let's face it could be yeah when, yep. good example being when we interviewed Kevin Posey from the US and he mentions in one of his songs his dad dies and as for those of you that remember when you listened to the interview then he goes no no my dad didn't die it was about him leaving the house I was like oh okay <laughs> whoops yeah <laughs> I think probably he's probably got he probably got that question a few times about it's like oh I'm sorry to hear about your dad it's like no 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 my dad's fine he's all good he's okay yeah He's gotten used to it. So, maybe the baby is like, I don't know, a metaphor for something. It I could don't- be. But she also talks about her body quite a bit for the rest of the song as well. So, yeah. It, I- felt, it felt like it was probably a real thing for me. I, I love I love ripping apart, not ripping apart, just wrenching away at the uh, outer layers to mm. see into the soul of these 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 tortured artists, Liam. Yeah. So that's the fun. You got to put- So, she keeps bringing in like more synths and more lines and then yeah. la- starts layering her own vocals and everything. But no matter what they sort of style pack in there uh, instrumentally, her soul and her, her voice mm. is definitely stays the focus of the song. Absolutely. I agree. It's a good song. So, mm. We'll play, might as well get on, get straight onto it. Um, yeah. After that, of course, we'll play the previous single from Wing Defense, Relocate, and then we're going to be chatting to Paige. Well, I'll be chatting to Paige. Sorry, Liam, you're sitting out for a bit. <laughs> Go and grab a beer, have a smoke. I don't know what you prefer to- where your preferred substances, I won't ask. And um, we'll, we'll catch his back <laughs> soon. But right now, it is Jess Cornelius with Body Memory on Bar Talk. Where we met, I used to make you love. Then we lost the baby and it broke my heart. And I find it hard to be that funny now. I tried to tell you that I can't rewind. I can't My body is a memory and it won't 
This is Paige from Wing Defense, and you're listening to AMR. Am I the point of conversation? You tell your stories, fabricate them. Just take your anger, it's okay. I'm kicking goals, you probably hate
Hola, 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 amigos and amiguinis. Yes, it's me, back. I mean, who did you expect? I mean, there's no one else around here. Come on. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Throw me out the window and replace me with some other robot? Anyway, I digress. That was Wing Defense with their most recent single, Relocate, which has just come off of their debut long-awaited, anticipated EP called Friends, which is out now, and it's been out for a couple of weeks now. So, if you haven't heard it, what have you been doing with your life? However, I'm going to stop um, berating the rest of my fans right now and introduce my guests. It is one half of the awesome duo. Yes, they are a duo, folks. It's all good. Uh, Paige. I've got Paige from Wing Defense. How are you, Paige? I'm very good, thank you. I'm just sitting on my bed. I'm in my Udi and uh, I'm 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 ready for this interview. Let's do it. That's 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 all I do. Self pumping up. It's like I say a little yeah. bit of that, just like you know, p- put the flush away the bad thoughts. Because uh, yeah. I mean, what you said, you're in bed, yeah. So you like you're in the well, yeah, sitting on the bed in my like massive oversized dressing gown Udi thing. I don't. Oh, I did you like buy cheap- one of them Udi things? I've seen yeah, them. I think I got like the Target version. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the rip-off version. <laughs> yeah, Wink. it was like you know forty dollars off the price. <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> just maybe, maybe, maybe just you know got a little bit more polyester. Maybe not quite as non-flammable. So maybe yeah, don't put it near the fire. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> don't hang it over the over the radiator at night. That might not be a good idea. No, not at all. <laughs> How are you anyway? Because as I was just saying before, brand new debut EP out, Friends. It's a long time coming, so I hear. How do you feel about yeah. finally having that release out there in the world? Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, it's obviously a weird time during COVID times um, to be releasing, but um we're all really happy with how it's gone and how people received it. And yeah, we, you know, we recorded this EP back in uh, July last year. So, mm-hmm. um, and of course, it only got released um, at the beginning of July. So it's, yeah, a year in the making, I suppose. And it, these are all the songs we wrote quite a while ago when we first formed the band. So it's really nice to finally have the whole body of work out. And yeah. um, I guess. <laughs> you know, move on to, to the next phase and the next batch of songs. So, yeah. yeah, it's just nice to be able to finally get it out there, I think. It's been, you- a, been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Did the schedule actually change when everything, well, let's face it, turned to shit uh, back a few months ago? Like, had you always intended to release it around now? Yeah, so we, I think, like, we had potential earlier dates, like, earlier on in the year, um, but just life happens and, every, you know, Sky's just recently become a new mum. So oh. um, we kind of push dates back a little bit. And, yeah, and I think just because of COVID as well, like, you know, there was a bit of wait time on the single coming out before the EP. So, yeah, just around, like I suppose yeah. we said, like middle of this year. But, um, yeah, it's it's changed a lot. I mean, things happen, but... Either way, it's out there now, and we, we're very pleased about that. Yeah, I was going to say congratulations on it. Um, so, Sky's your bandmate who yeah. does the lead singing, and you're the lead guitarist, of course, or co-guitarist, yeah. I suppose. So, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how you describe yourself. But um, firstly, send my warmest congratulations to her. She must be just snowed under yeah. right now. You know, everything's happening at once. It's like when it rains, it floods, as they say. Yeah, definitely. She's she's just such a badass. So, like, she- <laughs> Like, I've 
she inspires me. <laughs> um, if anyone can handle it, she can. Yeah. She rock, definitely is. Rock star <laughs> mums, I think, are the most underrated, underappreciated type of rock star there are around. Because you're yeah. not only juggling, you're juggling two types of children. You're juggling the real children and you're juggling the audio children, the little, little babies that are your songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you? No, definitely. Do you, do, you think of, do you think of your songs as children or do you reflect them in, in them in another way perhaps? Um, that's a good question. I mean, in some ways, yes, because I guess once you write one and you look at each other and you're like, this is good, it kind of becomes like your little baby and you're like really excited to work on it more mm. and like see it grow. So, But I guess in, in another sense to us, like our songs – I don't know, like, I we just have a lot of fun as well and I don't think we take ourselves too seriously. So yeah. we're not, like, super precious about things either, but um, I think that's why what, what's worked for us and, um, yeah, not overthinking. And yeah, they're just, yeah, we're just happy to have them out, I guess. <laughs> Do you find then, I suppose, going on that, I was going to ask, you know, on the subject of you think of them as your children, I suppose, <laughs> What happens when then somebody provides criticism or, you know, genuine feedback? Do you find that because you don't take yourselves too seriously, you find it quite easy to take on that feedback and evaluate it to see whether it's worth taking it on, I guess? Yeah, definitely. Like, we're very um, open to, to, you know, advice and and to feedback on things. I think we we take it quite well as well. Yeah. Um, we're pretty self-deprecating people. <laughs> like yeah, it always humor, helps. Like, it always helps. Yeah, in a humorous way. So like, if someone's like, "Oh, I don't really like that," we just sort of pretend to flip them off, yeah. but then like give them a hug. Like, like we'll just—it's all good fun. Like, and um, fortunately, um, so far we haven't really received like it's not not to say that they don't deserve criticism at all but um um we haven't i guess we surround ourselves with people that uh uh maybe are a little bit biased as well so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks mum i love you yeah yeah i was, was going to say what are you so you obviously have a very supportive crew going around which is great i'm guessing were your parent have your parents always been and your family yeah. always been supportive of you you know pushing you yeah. pushing you forward yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I can't speak for Sky, but I'm absolutely sure she feels that way as mm. well because her parents are uh, beautiful people. Um, but definitely for myself, like my mum and dad have always just, you know, if I, I want to do something, uh, they'll let me do it. Well, you know, within reason. Not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like in terms of like chasing, you know, goals and aspirations and all of that, like, you know, for, for years I was a swimmer and I did that whole thing, training seven times a week. And oh, uh, I can then I, I know, <laughs> as a former swimmer, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and then I just sort of burnt out of that because I started really young and did well quite young, and then I just was like, no, I want a social life now. And so <laughs> I then I was like, I'm going to be a musician. Sixteen with like. Wide eyes and no idea what to do. Um, yes, and sure you like, are, Paige. Sure. Mm. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely feel very nurtured and supported, and I'm yeah. super grateful for that um, because obviously not everyone has that luxury of the support. So yeah. um, 
I, yeah, just very fortunate. Had guitar always been something you'd done as a kid growing up on the side? And, you know, you say you do it in a lot of swimming when you're growing up. That was actually very similar to my upbringing, especially when I was in high school. I was, again, swimming was a lot of stuff, take up a lot of my time, and the guitar was just on the side, and I didn't and I didn't really sort of switch the main focus until I sort of left school and went to uni and that sort of thing. Uh, do you yeah. find that that was sort of similar to you? You sort of drifted away from the swimming for a while or was it yeah. always focused on the guitar and the swimming was always a side thing? What was? No, like I, I was not. I wish I had some cool backstory that like I was, my parents were like cool musicians back in the day. But like my family wasn't very musically inclined at all except my yeah. brother did um, get like a beginner's guitar yeah. when he was younger and and just sort of collected dust. And then when I quit swimming, I felt a little bit lost um, as a 16-year-old just because mm. that was such a big part of my life. Um, and I, I I, went and stole my brother's guitar <laughs> and <sighs> I, taught, I taught myself. Um, and he didn't never ask for it back. So Ooh. it's a bit of a win. <laughs> Someone's very forgiving. Did he get yeah. you back? Did he st- – you know, did he sell one of your like favorite favorite swimming goggles? <laughs> like, no, like <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. He, no, he, um, <laughs> but, um, no. I think he like made a few comments every now and then, just like in a joking way about uh-huh. it. But um, no, I think now actually that guitar is back. He's now got children, and I think they now use it. So, so he's got the um, guitar like, back. Yeah, so because I left it at oh. – sorry, I should have uh, – I'm from the country. I grew up in uh, Port Pirie, which is about two and a half hours north of mm. Adelaide. And um, I, when I moved down to Adelaide, I left that guitar there because I got a much shinier, newer one. <laughs> that <laughs> one that stays in tune for me. more than five yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what, was it, what was it like moving to the big, the big smoke? Was it for music or another reason? Uh, so I just uh, I graduated school and um, went to university at UniSA and did a Bachelor of Media Arts. And, mm. Yeah, that was sort of you know I just wanted to get out of the uh, the town and do you know like come to the city and be- become a bit more independent and take on new things. Um, I very much miss home all the time, but I also find Adelaide is now my home. But yeah, yeah. it was to pursue to to, to do university and. Unfortunately, during that, I met a lot of other musicians and started doing, you know, cover gigs and uh, writing songs and, yeah, just sort of got the degree and then I haven't used it since. Is that <laughs> where you... Well, I suppose I have because I'm doing music and yeah. I did a little bit of music at uni. But, yeah, um, I'm very grateful for that degree regardless because it sort of paves the way for where I am now. So, yeah. Did you meet Sky along the way? No, so I actually met Sky. Um, well, we kind of always, I'm not really, can't pinpoint when we actually first met, but we sort of were That's aware a good of start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we were like aware, you know, we're acquaintances in the music scene and stuff. And then um, we just ended up hanging out a few times uh, towards the end of 2017 and we started um, the idea of creating wing defense and, and so mm. yeah and the, the friendships like we're best buds now like i'd say she's one of my best friends and um the friendships just really grown through through yeah. the beginning of this project which has been really lovely yeah, yeah. you'd be surprised 
like when you think about think back on friends that you know that you just don't really remember the first time you met, like unless it was yeah. like really bizarre. I remember I met one of my favorite like like old music friends, you know, when I was doing when I was starting out in the open mic scene. And I met him, yeah. and the reason why I remember I met him because I thought he was an absolute weirdo, and he's going to probably kill me for saying this. No, actually, why he'll probably find it funny. He was on Tinder, and he was being like, yeah. "Oh, look at this girl!" And it's like he just flicking through his Tinder with me and just like giving me commentary on all these girls at Tinder. I thought, "Geez, oh no, geez, this guy's a piece of work. I'm never going to know him again. I'm going to forget yeah. that I remembered this guy." And I'm like, you know, before I know it, I'm in, in on his antics. Like, it's just, yeah. and now we're like good friends. You know, it's now we're three, best four friends. years like. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like that. It's funny when, when yeah, I when totally. I met my when I first started going out with my girlfriend, um, the joke was that me and this guy were were the real partner, were the real partners, yeah. and she was just the side chick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, I love it. Love you, Chris. That's don't, don't kill me. <laughs> um, so, what at what point then with Sky did you go from you know just being people you knew in the music scene to actually? Right, we can actually make this a, uh, a musical thing. We can actually make this a a band. What sort of triggered that? Um, that's actually a funny story because um, <laughs> we were at, I think it was we we discussed doing it, but like in a joking way. But like oh. none of us were, but we both wanted to. But we thought the other person was like maybe not serious about it. But then. Um, <laughs> One night, we it was like the Adelaide Apple like Christmas party, and she came to that, and we had a few beers, and we were like, "No, let's actually do this." And she sent a demo um, to me, uh, and I really liked the song, which ended up being our first single, "Stuck." And mm. yeah, so then we worked on that and like recorded it and stuff. But then she also the band name um, actually come about as she was reading out this poem she'd written to me. Um, and the, the last line of it was, what position do you play, wing defence? And as soon as she read that out, I was like, that's going to be the band name. They like wing defenders. Like, <laughs> that's totally it. <laughs> I was going to ask where the name came from. So did she yeah. did she play some sort of team sport like footy or soccer or yeah, um, I think hockey uses that term as well? Yeah, I, so it was netball. netball. Yep. Um, that's it, WD. I, <laughs> yeah, terrible. WD. It's, you know, it's the first position that goes if yeah. you're down a player and, you know, it's sort of like there's a bit of a, I guess, joke around that position. Um, but you know what? I love I love the wing defence position and um, back it and I think, like, it's kind of funny and nice. <laughs> okay, so you've put out, you put, you put out the first single back in 2018. So it has been a little while because you said you started recording a year later after that. So did yeah. the songs on the EP because they sound like very very you know conducive songs to playing live. So is that where yeah. these songs were born out of playing them in concerts and such? Yeah, well, def- definitely. Um, a lot of them were uh, just like rough demos, and they really, as we played, we did a lot of touring at the end of twenty eighteen. Um, mm. It was pretty crazy, but it was really great for us not having recorded the EP. Yeah. Um, yet. That, that we could really flesh out the songs live and, you know, sometimes we'd do something a little different live on stage and or at rehearsals and that ended up coming into some of these songs on the EP. So that was really cool and definitely definitely a big part of um, the songs developing and becoming a bit bigger and more bandy, I guess. Did you find that 
the styles that of music that you and Sky had either grown up listening to or were listening to at the time matched? Or were you from totally different musical backgrounds, so to speak, or in what you'd been influenced by? Um, I think we have um, a lot of similar artists that we love mm. and then a lot of um, different artists that um, we love as well. But I think the one thing we agreed on was the sound of, of what we wanted this band to be like and we had yeah. a lot of similar references in terms of that. So, like, we, you know, we love the greats and um, Spider Bait and <laughs> um, Press Club and those bands yeah. like that. So they're definitely – we had like a very strong agreement on like the sound mm. of the band and how yeah what we were going for I guess yeah you can tell especially with the EP being as as tight as it is I mean that's the nature of EPs they're not exactly long long pieces yeah. of work but still the sonically speaking each song just flows into each other each other really well there's not a huge amount of variations in terms of oh let's add this sort of sound here let's add that there it's sort of they could be played one after another in a gig. That's essentially yeah. what I get out of the EP. Yeah, so, definitely. So definitely. is that was that the aim? So to be something that really you could, because I mean, you said you played, you, they they're made to be played live. Were yeah. you thinking of keeping the production that sort of live aesthetic, almost that band aesthetic? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We sort of just kept most of the stuff in the recordings is is what we play live and the instruments that we have when we play live. A, you know, give and take of, you know, few yeah. little synth things here and there. But for the most part, you know, we had, when we recorded the EP, we had Sky, like, she did a vocal take and we're like, oh, it's just slacking that energy that you give mm. live. And so we ended up putting her in a um, the big, like, band room and t- we had to all look away and she was running around as if she was on stage <laughs> singing all the lyrics. But it got, like, such an awesome take. Um, yeah. But by the end of it, she had just lost her breath. Um, but, yeah. yeah, like, that sort of stuff. Like, it was definitely – we love, like, gang vocals live, so we, we always put them in the recordings. And mm. Yeah, so I guess it's definitely songs – that we feel we can do justice to the recording live, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So she really had to, like, get a certain sort of energy in the studio yeah. by the sounds of it. Yeah, but it was a lot of – it was hilarious. It was hysterical. <laughs> but um, – and it's just so silly, but, like, it was it was necessary as well. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell, like, the vocal vocal takes on there are great. She's put a really good performance in. So, I mean, congrats. Scott, yeah, you've done a great job. You. And same with your guitar work too. It is solid. Like I'm assuming you're mainly a lot of the rhythm. It's like a lot of the rhythm guitar you play in it. Yeah, rhythm and then like some little lead yeah. lines and stuff as well. But um, Benny is an amazing guitarist. Mm. So he um, has taken uh, like come up with a lot of the really cool riff, riff roughy things and yeah. stuff as well. So, yeah. Cool. Let's um, play one of them actually. I'm keen to listen to Weapons, which I believe was the previous single off the EP. Yes. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. What what's the what was the idea behind this one? Um, so this song we had sort of half finished and hadn't sort of figured it out yet for quite a while, but um when we played it live it really came together mm. and it always was received really well live and it's got a different feel I think to most of the other songs on the EP. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of just – it's kind of about everything and nothing, I, like, <laughs> as well. Like, it's one of those songs where every time I play it, I feel, as, 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 like, differently. Mm. Um, but, but it's – I guess it's sort of about 
like being alienated and yeah, just feeling like you don't belong somewhere that where you feel comfortable, where you should feel comfortable, kind of thing. So that's where that that one comes from. Nice. Let's do it. We'll be back soon, folks. Right after this song. This is Weapons of the new EP by Wing Defense. Do not go anywhere. Welcome back, fellas and girls and boys and everyone else. Back to Bar Talk here on AMR. That you just heard was Weapons, a previous single off Friends, the brand new EP by Wing Defense. Uh, For those of you who have a short memory span, you will not know that I have Paige right here now with me, all the way in Adelaide. 
um, far too comfy on her bed and not getting foot cramps, unlike myself. Paige, you there still? I'm still here. Magnificent. What a great track. I love the the riff in that. That's got some really good guitar work in that track. Um, and again, yeah. great great vocal vocal takes. You can really really hear um, really hear your bandmate Sky putting putting good effort in. So jumping around the studio. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, tell me a bit, of, boy, about that recording process because you it says here you sort of went and recorded the uh, the EP in sort of different locations around Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of the songs we did with our other guitarist Benny, who um, sort of produced it, I guess, and then uh, so that was for uh, Weapons and for Hindsight, and then. We also got like our friend Mario, who, who's an amazing producer, and um, he mastered those ones. And then we also got uh, Wade to mix and master a few other songs. Yeah. Um, so we met Wade uh, on the tour with Polish Club as he plays bass for them. Okay. And yeah, he's a lovely guy and he was really keen to work with us. So mm. we got him down to Adelaide and we went into Ghost Note Studios and did the rest of the EP there, so that was like silence and be okay and um, gosh, what else is there? <laughs> was Benny <laughs> always in the band? So these, so you know, obviously it's a full band sound on the EP. Was it just you and Sky and Benny playing, or did like do you have a resident drummer and a permanent yeah. bassist that play with you as well? Yeah, so um, for the most part, like it's Sky and I, um, but then Benny sort of been the unofficial silent member of the band. Um, <laughs> it's like the, the fifth beetle, well. the third defense. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we also yeah we play. Is it bad if we call time. him the third wheeler? No, no, he, he love it. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably he's probably probably listening right now. Going, oh, you've ruined my reputation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. No, no, and then we often, like, we have played with other drummers, but for the most part we play with um, uh, this other drummer called Miles Sire, who's an incredible drummer, probably the closest thing to a human metronome. <laughs> um, and so he often are you sure? He, are you sure it isn't just like a human skin and you just open him up at the chest and yeah. there's just a metronome inside, like a little yeah, motor going on? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just an internal one, yeah. Yeah, I open um, it up like the dialects in... Uh, Doctor Who, it's just like a weird creature thing staring out at you. Yeah, <laughs> but um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassing all your bandmates. I feel no. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I'll have to no, defend their honour in the comments. Humor, so <laughs> not to defend their honour in the comments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then also we play with Anthony Costanzo on bass as well. Yep. But yeah, so the and. Our usual resident drummer and bass player, Benny's sort of also a part of the writing process as mm. well. So, yeah. On on that writing process too, how, how do you find that you uh, you as a unit with the other band members tend to work together? How, who usually comes up? Is there a particular person that comes up with ideas initially or how does that usually work out? Yeah, so um, it varies from song to song, but, um, you know, I'll – Sometimes Sky will come in with like a full song written, um, and then we'll work on it from there, or vice versa. I will. Um, but then, like for the for the most part, to be honest, though, we we usually start writing by just getting into a little 
studio or home studio and start just, you know, putting some chords down and writing from there, from the ground up kind of thing, which is um, probably our favourite songs come from the three of us doing that, which yeah. um, is really good because we all we sort of know that once we're in a co-writing session, you know, all egos need to be left at the door and no one's really offended if, no, you know, one of us doesn't like someone's idea. So uh, we just seem to work quite well together as a collective unit. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's quite the pleasure. To be honest, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. do you find that you know, the more that you have worked together, the more that you get in tune with each other's musical styles, and do you tend to think, ah, I, I figured this part would work well with Benny's guitar lick, or this inflection, this melody will work well with Sky's vocal vocal range? Do you tend to sort of have you start like the more uh, you work together, have you started to get there? Get there, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like I'll when I am writing. For Sky, like I obviously I have quite a lower register compared to Schizo, so mm. like I'll often write like with keeping her vocals in mind, and um, but yeah, like we're all definitely becoming in tune with each other. Like uh, we all play to our strengths, and fortunately, our strengths sort of all lie in different things. So um, that works quite nicely between us all. Yeah, yeah. So, do you end up writing any of the lyrics yourself, or is that largely Sky's? Uh, no, Sky's I job. definitely, I definitely write a lot of the lyrics mm. um, along with Sky. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of just like a mixed effort. Like I'd say it's pretty even, to be honest. Um, in terms of that, there's no no one's overpowering anyone. I mm. guess. Who tends yeah. out of the two of you? Who who tends to have that more? that more literal version of songwriting because I've, I've noticed that in a few of the lyrics that I was hearing when listening back over the record, there's a lot of reference, very specific references and very specific scenes being painted and then you get aspects of more abstract ideas coming through. So is it? do you find that both of you have that sort of a tendency to, to you know, dip into both wells, I guess, or do you find that yeah, one of you is more literal than the other in their songwriting style? That's a good question. I, 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 yeah, um, I think I've, I'm not sure what songs you're thinking of. Do you have one you can throw at me? Or alternatively, um, I, I, oh, I'm trying um, to think. We haven't, we're not going to play it, but obviously Bob is a really good example of that because you, because it, it sort of explains very specifically what the song's about. There's sort of no, you get it immediately yeah. what the song's about. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we, um, um, Whereas I don't know, like a song more like "Relocate" is a bit more cryptic in its lyrics. Like it's a lot more unpack, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. So actually, it was Benny and I that wrote "Bob for Sky" because um, it's obviously about having a new baby, um, and we yeah. wrote that as like a bit of a gift for her, mm. and then she loved it. So I actually do sing on that one track like in the verses so yeah because um, it's it's sort of like me singing mm. it to her kind of thing and but then i also wrote relocate so okay um, <laughs> so, so a bit of both um, then <laughs> yeah so i think we both just must yeah i think we both we like metaphors and all that but then it's really fun to just be straight up literal as well mm. with things in in this project i think um yeah that's something we we like that tongue in cheek kind of thing i guess yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you find that um, for both of you or the three of you, do, do you find that the lyrics come pretty easily or does it, does it take quite a bit to get in the zone, 
And I use yeah. my air quote marks, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, yes and no. We when we just use often, like, set a date. Yeah. We're writing a song on this day because we need to write more, more songs and we just do it. Um, but, I don't know, getting in the zone wise, I, I guess it just depends on what's going on in our lives as well and, um, you know, people go through things, grow through things and you write about them. And um, I think we've sort of collectively all gone mm. through, through some stuff at, at the same time and um, that was quite similar. So it, it definitely helped for the inspiration behind yeah. some of the songs. So, yeah. <laughs> here's, here's one I'm going to throw out at you. Is there any portion or any sort of – and now that the album's been – well, the album – why do I – it could almost be a mini-album, six songs. Most EPs yeah. are four songs these days, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, with now that it's out and you've obviously had it recorded, you've had the finished product yourself for a good year now, or I'm guessing a few months at least, what um, – now that you've had a bit more time to reflect, is there anything that you would have done differently on there? And, oh, and also, additionally, is there anything that you regret that you didn't do? Um, I think – uh, I just, I guess, like, I wish we had more songs that hadn't already been released in a way because um, by the time, you know, the, the EP was out, I think all but one of them was a single. So um, it's kind of nice having a few more extra surprises for, yeah. for listeners and stuff like that. That's definitely something. But there's not, <laughs> not really too many regrets. I mean, yeah. I, it would have been great to have recorded, like, every single song, like, like we're in the one place and with you know like with the one person not that anyone we worked with um did a disservice to it by any means just i think like there's something nice about everything sort of cohesively blending together and stuff not that i don't think it does that either but but yeah i think that's probably i don't know i haven't thought about that probably should things uh, to think about <laughs> things to think about for furiously writes notes album number one yeah. this is what we're doing yeah. Yeah. Fuck it, Sky. I'm not travelling around the country this time. No, no tour time yeah. recording. <laughs> I just want one space. <laughs> I'm turning my laundry into a studio. I don't care yeah. where you guys clean your clothes. <laughs> the fucking washing machine goes out in the veranda. No, that's right. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's that rumbling going on in the background? Oh no, I've just got the spin cycle going. <laughs> yeah, why the floorboards are vocal tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Seriously, the pipes. It's the pipes. You've probably heard this a million times, but it is. It really does make a difference. It's the tiles too, the reverb. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, concrete. Like, I love going into the bathroom and just like playing my acoustic in there. It's just so lovely. Like it, it reverberates and it's just nice. Yes, so it's many so live streams. Chamber. I've watched so many live streams with a bath. In the background, it's not yeah, funny. Definitely, yeah. it's like camera set up in the mirror. You can see the vid. You can see the the actual mobile. You're like, ah, you're actually doing it in the bathroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me about about. Um, I guess have you got any plans to do some some uh, some gigs and that, even if it is just locally in the meantime, while you can't travel? Yeah. So I think um, t- tomorrow we're actually announcing a show. Ooh. Adelaide, which is really fun. Well, it would have I'm already really come out. Fun. So actually, you can because we're not. This is not going to be. <laughs> hang on, is this tomorrow's in tomorrow after release of this episode, or tomorrow's in tomorrow after now? Uh, 
Uh, is the episode going up tomorrow? Nope, it's going out next next week. So if it's okay, yeah. So well, it'll be... I've been told the announcement should be tomorrow. Okay. So, so okay. So I don't. Yeah. Let's not give away anything just in case. But yes, um, yeah. by the time this episode's out, you can go. Let's talk about your social medias because obviously you can go to all of them to find out more about where you'll be yeah. playing. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be you know we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> the old kitten caboodle, and you can definitely <laughs> find any information on that. It's just ring the fence band. And, yeah, um, um, and your Twitter, yeah. Twitter, and Instagram handles at. Wing Defence Band and Wing Defence, yeah, I think. Because <laughs> I think Band was taken on Twitter. Oh, no. <laughs> don't tell me there's another Wing Defence Band no, hanging but around I somewhere. I think it was just like a total random page. Because like, oh. I, yeah. Or I think it was, yeah, it was something weird like that. It I, could f- be- I find Twitter's I- notorious for just like dis- deactivated accounts taking up the best handles. Yeah. Have you found I that? Know. It's just like, yeah. oh, I wanted that. Okay, here's a bunch of like underscores that you didn't need. Just to make me yeah. look different. Wow. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you check. Have you guys got a website yet? Uh, not as of yet. But okay. I think that's on the cards. But okay. Mo- you know, most of the stuff it links to like everything off of socials anyway. Um, so if, you know, that's always a good point of call if anyone wants to yeah. find out the stuff and the things about the band. <laughs> so awesome. Go make sure you go check them out. Wing Defense on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. Of course, with the EP, go and check it out, friends. Congratulations again on everything because it was it's it's such a cool little little debut. And I'm Thank sure you. you've got plans for more releases come in the coming years. I'm yeah, obviously absolutely. time frames not included. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd be so keen, so keen to see you guys live. You guys sound like an absolute blast to watch on stage. Yeah. When uh, you, thank you. Is, are, good, are there plans to bring it around the country when everything re- opens up? Oh, definitely. I think that's the first thing we all want to do. Um, of course, um, we want to make sure every, everywhere is safe and everyone will be safe. So. You know, it's just mm. the price we have to pay at the moment, not being able to tour. But as soon as we can, we will. Um, I know we're all kind of itching for it. So yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You, we're Some, not alone. And, Everyone. Yeah. and they say music isn't an addiction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and of course, the EP's out on all the streaming sites. Of course, Spotify, iTunes, whatever yes. the kids are listening to these days. Yes, yeah. that's correct. It's on, um, all of the all of the things. <laughs> you should start a t- sure. you should start a TikTok um, fad where like yes. you use relocate and you just relocate random objects around the room. I know. Well, uh, that seems to be the, the <laughs> thing people are doing at the moment. Like I. I got TikTok during like um, ISO times, and um, I remember like some of the songs I heard on it were just playing in coals the next day, and I was like, gosh, like. So we live in a modern with- world. Oh. Yeah, it's so strange. Though, like, the internet's a strange place. Why are you in real life? No. <laughs> yeah. Stay in the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you got physical copies, by the way? I know, are you in the vinyl mob at all? <laughs> Um, we do not at the moment, but I think it's definitely something we're planning to mm. do. I think we'll do like a really limited run of them, hopefully. Limited um, edition, folks. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Competition time. Um, but yeah, obviously, if uh, money permits, we will do that. Yeah. I know it, it would mean a lot to have vinyl. I bloody love vinyl, so. 
You got you got a decent collection. Yeah, well, kind of. Um, I've been like sort of stacking it up over the past year. Oh, you one of those like you one of those like the new wave of vinyl where it's like you're only now trying to trying to build up collection. You never had. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really. Well, my well, to be honest, I had like a a a vinyl player that broke, and I only had like five vinyls at that point. That was back in 2014. And then um, my housemate has one now. So we're just like stashing all our vinyls together. And every Sunday we just yeah. out outside with the vinyl one. That's great. <laughs> my dad's vinyl collection was so funny because he basically got inherited from his folks. Yeah. So it's all like 1940s Christian slash honky tonk music. Nice. And then he bought one <laughs> album. Guess which one it was? Oh, my dad's like a lanky ex-farmer. No. Yeah. It's Abba's Arrival. <laughs> it's the one where they're in the helicopter. <laughs> Dancing Queen. Oh. Dancing Queen, that one. Nah. Like classics. <laughs> uh, it was like When I Kissed a Teacher. All that, like, like high point Beautiful. ABBA. Like, and it's a phenomenal yeah. album. But Creep. it's like <laughs> Miss Marple's Honky Tonk. The yeah. greatest Christian songs of the war period. ABBA Arrival. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's just like- dad, if <laughs> well, least, a diverse collection. <laughs> oh, it's just great. It's just like I wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it from him. I don't think I've ever seen him play it, but I don't know where he got the idea to, to spend money on this. He's a very frugal man. Like He, he doesn't spend something unless he absolutely needs to. So I don't yeah. know where he where he got the idea that he thought he had to spend an album on an, money oh, on an I album. That loves a bit of ABBA. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. <laughs> um, actually, apparently they're releasing some new songs next year or something yeah. like that. I saw. I was like mentioning. I think I commented. I was like uh, Dancing Queen to uh, Disco Boogaloo on the on the on the on the uh, post. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Jesus, imagine if Abbott went on TikTok. That'd be bizarre. What a clash of generations. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, we'll leave that. that. We've got to leave that <laughs> thought in your head while you go to dinner. I uh, hope I've yeah, messed up your appetite. Um, <laughs> what's for dinner, by the way? I yet to like to, to be determined, I guess. Oh, it's takeaway night. Some of those. Well, oh. uh, like I shouldn't. I really shouldn't, but maybe I will. I shouldn't oh get no! <laughs> oh, I was craving takeaway all weekend. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to have KFC for lunch. So I had KFC for lunch. <laughs> fuck all you health haters. I give you yeah, the. I give you the fat great. finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes you've just got to splurge and eat the dirty bird. <laughs> yeah. I was good this week and I ate pretty healthy. So I was like, okay, we have one treat today. One treat. <laughs> one treat. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for no taking the time to chat about the EP and that. Um, congratulations yeah. again on and say hi to your bandmates and uh, hope the little one does well. As well, well yeah. You know, Thank wish, you so much. I def- wish the Wing Defence family all the best and I'd be certainly – Certainly keen to see you guys. Uh, sounds like you'd be great, great act to see when you came down to Melbourne. Definitely keen to check his out. Yeah, thank you, thank you so good. much. I hope you're well over there. Uh, yeah, doing as good yeah. as good as I can. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Hang um, in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. <laughs> um, but we're going to play. We're going to go out on another of the tracks, which I don't believe is a single yet. You haven't released it as a single, so uh, here we go. Are you happy? We're going to play Silence. Now, really, again, I think I, I mentioned it before, but I, this is my favourite vocal performance of Skies, and it has a 
fucking sick baseline. Who 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 did the baseline on that? Yeah, so that was um, written by Benny, uh, and and then nice. played, but played by um, Anthony um, on the recording. Um, but yeah, very. I love the baseline. Like it was kind of a little Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. like inspired. I think. Yeah. That baseline. But yeah, no, this was a fun song, and this was actually. Um, one of the, the songs that Sky was running around the room. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of energy in that so. vocal take, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Awesome. Yeah. I, I say without further ado, let's play it, yes? Yes. Yeah, I love your thinking. Great minds think likes <laughs> like Paige. I do fun. like that. Yeah. Um, why don't you take us out too? What are we playing? Who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> and what are you listening to? Go. I- <laughs> you put me on the spot now. It's okay. I can um, edit it out later if you, if you fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm Paige. I'm from Wing Defense. Thank you so much for having me. This song is silence. What are, what are the folks listening to at home? Uh, I don't know. But, but, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> bar, bar talk. Bar talk. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The silence is cooling. The fear starts to rule me I knew that it was time to leave you
This is Liam from Flawless, a music podcast, and you're listening to Bar Talk. Smart Girls, Canberra's own Aya Ives, and we apologize in advance for undoubtedly mispronouncing one or both of her names. I, um, I, I've, been, I've been told it's a thing here, which is fine, which <laughs> is cool, but it's, it's not my thing and I don't like it. <laughs> He's so. learning quick, folks. Welcome back yeah. <laughs> to, to, to the uh, Bar Talk podcast, which I'm sure you all forgot in the break as you were listening to those awesome tracks. I want to thank uh, Paige from Wing Defense for being awesome and chatting. And of course, I want to thank uh, Sammy from Beehive. That's our first Beehive artist we've, we've um, introduced, uh, in- introduced. Fuck me, seriously. I can't <laughs> spell words. I can't say words. Um, first, first Beehive artist we've interviewed since we've um, been involved with them and partnered up. So uh, congrats, Beehive, and thanks for being awesome. 
make sure you go and listen to the EP as I think we mentioned three times before uh, whenever you can because it's pretty cool. And best of, best of luck, I guess, to them in the future. But yes, uh, it was either A.A. Ives or A.A. Eves. I, it's one, another one of these artists that I just can't be fucked learning phonetics for, you know? <laughs> Uh, it's like you got to, when you read a when you read a press release. I swear, Lee, you've got to be a linguist. You've got to have like a three yeah. year degree in like English to work this shit out because it, they come up. With, I don't know why they the publicists they always tend to put in words that you never use in general conversation to describe these yeah. artists. It's like yeah. the the music was throbbing with sensual epicureations. Like what? The, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. So we'll just repeat it. <laughs> It's it's always very uh, pitchfork. I always think of a lot of stuff as just like they they write the kind of review they'd like to get in pitchfork. Oh my god, they're probably the culprit. They're probably the original culprit too. Yeah, pitchfork are basically what the American version of Triple J, aren't they? Is is that my um, understanding? Kind kind of even more like trying to be hyper intellectual as possible. Uh, so so- any, anytime they describe anything, they're like. Oh, it's like David Bowie went out the kitchen and made a steak and came out and served it to Frank Strummer, but the new romantics were on stage and they held a glass up to Elvis Presley. And like, it's just like, I don't know what this means. You've, you've lost me. English, please. Yeah. Just tell me what this sounds like. I just need to know what it sounds like. The stiff upper lip is unbearable. Yeah. I, I really liked that track. What I really liked it. Why do I even say that I like these tracks? The only reason why I picked them because I like them. <laughs> uh, what I liked about the uh, Yves track is Smart Girls, by the way. That's what it's called. Uh, what I really yeah. liked about Smart Girls is it sort of switches. There's these very distinct musical bits. I can't think of a better word to describe it. You've got like this sort of sweeping synth going on and then the intro, bang, it's cut out and it's just plucky bass yeah. and guitar, and then it goes back to sort of a, another sweeping synth section for the main chorus. So, I like mm. that sort of ebb and flow going on there. It was cool. Yeah, it works really well. And sort of like a- What's the word? I'm thinking very moody, and there's sort of mm-hmm. some sort of underlying sort of tension going on. So, what I really liked is that they were able to- Both Aya and her, the producers were definitely able to ex- showcase that in the in both the songwriting and the production, I think. Yeah. So, we on the podcast, we recently covered the XX- who yep. took the element, the elements of indie rock and then funneled them through their own sort of down tempo, mm. quiet sensibility. And this almost felt to me like a similar thing, but with like soul and funk. Yes. So she took the, she took the little bits of it that she liked, downplayed them and mm. then just really carefully constructed, really layered sounds all the way through. And it's really cool because it means that you know that every piece is so carefully constructed that it has a meaning and it has a purpose there. Like it's not just, oh yeah, all four instruments are going to play all the way through the song because otherwise, you know, what would somebody be doing on stage? Yeah. It's really like, no, this is every little piece of this matters. And so you can really get lost in it, especially very like a headphones kind of song because you've really got to get lost into those layers. It's like you're going to say- Okay, I need a, I need a uh, for my band. I need someone who is a guitar, synth, drum, and bass player, and yeah. a second guitarist, synth, drum, bass player. Because in this section of this song, you're playing, you're playing keyboards. But in this section of that song, then you play car- guitar. In that section, yeah. you go out with the yeah. bass intro. It's like it must be interesting to watch live. Well, they must mm. strip it back. You got to like, there's it either goes two ways. There'll be some bands that go. No, nah, nah, it's going to sound exactly the same. They'll be like, okay, we've got 30 presets going on in the background. Yeah. And then other other bands will be like, nah, fuck it. We're going to play it raw and yeah. unprotected for you bastards out in the, in, in the audience section of the uh, mm. pub. 
And it's, I can't, none of them spring to mind right at the moment, but I've seen bands who do that who are like, we, we create these delicate soundscapes on lie on the album. But if we wanted to try to reproduce that, we would yeah. just be recording, pre recording everything. So instead, here's like, here's like a jangly version of it that's mm. completely different. And it means that the live show is so completely different from the recorded show. There's no sort of feeling of like, yeah. oh, they're just trying to recreate their album. Exactly. But yeah, so I really like that. And the double up of that, if they if a band ever releases a live album of those same songs, yeah. those songs are going to sound it. totally different. And you know what you find? That the order of the songs from what they play live would be totally different to what would be on the record as mm. well. Yeah. I do find that with a lot of bands I know, they tend to mix up the order of the songs because that live, the way you, like you want, on the end of an album, you usually want something soft and mellow mm. or possibly moody to finish off. Not always, but that's just generally the rule. And then live, you want something upbeat and like, yeah, oi, oi, oi. At the end, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, a band that actually did just ring to mind is one of my favorite bands called uh, Gomez. Yeah, yeah. And when, when they first toured, so they create sort of quite laid and structured songs. So, they would have like 10 guitars each and all these different synths and two drummers and all the sorts of things. And as they've gone on now, mm. nowadays, because they're like, they're not as well known, they don't have quite the touring budget anymore. Yeah. So, it's usually just like four guys with four guitars and you're going to get a version of a song that's just mm. four guys with four guitars and they're just going to come close to, but it's uh, just a different sound, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just said it provides a different experience. Absolutely. So, yeah, obviously, before we go any further, I just want to thank our, well, just want to thank AMR's community and business partners for helping us out and being awesome. Russo and Russo Barristers and Solicitors, Hello World Travel Belgrave, BizOp Solutions, Drum Power or Music Factory Direct, uh, Scale Records in Brizzy, Sense Music Media, Suki Lounge in the Belgraves, Upway Belgrave RSL, uh, Danielong Rangers Emergency Relief Service, or D-R-E-R-S, and, of course, the Coa Shed Australia. Of course, go and check them out as well and uh, the awesome stuff they're all doing. Now, moving on, Liam, you want to hear a couple more tracks on this end of the world? Mm -hmm. Damn right you do, because I've got a couple of cool ones now, a bit more on the rocky side of things. Yeah, we're about to pivot. (laughs) I love pivoting, Um, like a a virtual ballet dancer in that sense. Um, We've got Fingerless by- no- Yes, no, it's our truth by fingerless. Don't yeah. know why I nearly <laughs> mucked that up. Uh, that this is this is cool. I liked. It was just such. It's an epic song, mm. considering like yeah, how that it's not eight minutes. It feels eight minutes, but it doesn't. Like you know those songs that really they, they punch above their weight. This song yeah. does that. I feel. Mm. Yeah, so it's got that like that raucous bluesy stomper at the start, and you think, oh yeah, here we go. It's going to be like a big solid mm. rocker all the way through, but then it just strips back all the way. Right from the start, like it's almost like it's a swirling and menacing feel to it. So, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, if you're expecting like some sort of howling blues, uh, you want your mm. money back after the first 30 seconds. But I like how it draws you in with that and then just goes for something a bit more interesting. But that riff is killer. Mm. I love that riff. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And then you, they, they've got synths all the way through it as well, like mm. playing a part that in these sorts of songs is normally just played by another guitar, which I thought gave it like an interesting little, um, Retro sort of feel to it as well. Yes, and I believe they're up your end of town too. Uh, actually, the next two artists are because they're both mm. Queensland artists. After that, we yep. have Purse with Speak, and that's their debut single too. Actually, yeah. I'm trying to see if they've got they're going to be attached to any particular um, albums at all. 
I couldn't find anything. Um, so it's Lachlan Pearson is just like one guy. Mm. It's his moniker as a band. So yeah, and I couldn't find any. That's literally all I could find is that it's Lachlan Pearson and he's in Brisbane. I think yes. he's only like eighteen or nineteen years old. He's very new. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, this is his debut single. It's he's his solo project he's got coming out, and it was a cool. Mm. It's a cool. You know, it's a good solid single debut single. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really good bit of indie, indie rock, mm. um, sort of- Yeah, like chug- those snaky that, grooves and stuff. Yeah, that sort of, ch- I was going to say, chugging along, you know, mm. solid. You go, and that's what you like. You got to really impress with your first single um, yeah. before you can really, really spice things up. So, he's definitely, definitely hit that one on the head. So, mm. yeah, congrats. Congrats. Um, congrats, Purse. Great, great <laughs> introduction. Thank you, the other thing too about um, Truth is it's produced by Derek Mudge, yeah. who's one of my favourite Brisbane guitarists, and he yeah. runs a studio up here as well. So he's in um, bands uh, Intercooler and Scream Feeder, and does a few other sort of side projects as well. So mm. he's yeah, great guitarist to see live. That's brilliant. It's like it get you 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 will know way more than us <laughs> would about the Brisbane scene. <laughs> so I like this expertise coming in here, Liam. I love it. Cool. Um, so we might you know what we may as well bloody play him. Yeah. How's that it. sound? Let's do it. Bar talk, folks. We'll be back right soon. But right now, of course, it is Fingerless with Truth and then Purse with Speak.
Australianmusiciansradio.com You 
Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Yes, random audience member. Oh, Daniel, I want to know what that song was. Oh, glad you asked, random audience member, that wasn't my voice with a terrible, terrible tone to it. Ah, that was indeed Speak by Purse. And before that, Truth by Fingerless. I'm here with a man Hello. that has many fingers, uh, Liam. <laughs> Hello. From, from the Flawless, uh, the music podcast here, guest co-hosting. Uh, what did you think? That was a that was, oh, good- Two great mm. Brisbane Rocky songs that uh, speakers just- Speakers just, you could feel that being like, if you've got like a five or six track set, that's going to be the centerpiece. It's nice and easy to have a boogie too, and it's going to get people to come down early, which is, yeah, all, all I think you want out of a debut single. Boogie, that's what you want. That damn boogie. Yeah, mm. no, and good. And of course, Finger is absolute banger of a track too. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, just, you must be happy. A bit of local hometown represent there. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is absolutely the kind of stuff that I'm always on the lookout for, and you don't hear a lot of, you don't hear as much of anymore. So yeah, very keen to check both of those yeah. bands out, follow them as they hopefully progress and do more stuff. Were you much of a? Well, obviously, when everything was open up and you know live music was a thing, uh, I'm guessing mm-hmm. you used to go around and see a lot of live shows in the scene up there. N- not as much recently. Uh, yeah. I've gotten a bit old, and uh, the draw of the valley is not quite what it once was. But yeah. um, certainly back in the day when I was in my doing my music journalism stuff, yeah, yeah, definitely we'd be out sort of two or three nights a week. My wife and I met sort of over music and the love of the live music. So, um, yeah, definitely something we were always going out for and um, got to see lots of support bands and lots of bands that had one, you know, that one great song that would make you want to go and see them yeah. again. That that must have been hectic. That Yeah, mm. just uh, music's always a great place to meet people. It's just- it just makes makes and makes and breaks any good relationship. I think. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Tell us. We'll, we'll talk a bit about your what you do with your podcast in a sec. But uh, right now, folks, I know I know you've just been salivating at the mouth for um, our regular segment, joke of the week. Liam, are you, are you buckle up, mate, because you're going to hear some absolutely brilliant, brilliant <laughs> stuff in a sec. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here it is. Now it's time for Jimmy's Joke of the Week. And, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Liam, you ready? Yeah. You ready? Do it. All right. So, uh, they say having sex, you know how they say having sex with two people is called a twosome? Sex with three people, a threesome. Sex with four people, a foursome. You know what they call me handsome? <laughs> wink, wink. Nice. Uh, yeah. Although. I will also say I've never heard sex with two people called a twosome before. No, that was that was the bit I made up. But yeah, <laughs> twosome. Bit, bit of artistic, when, bit of artistic license. When you are get we'll, a- let, we'll let it, we'll let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> when when the lonely nights come and go, Liam. <laughs> two people is a crowd. That's it. Especially these days with with COVID. I made. It's funny. I, I in, part of the part of the exemptions to the restrictions are you can have quote unquote intimate partner visits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, twosomes are still allowed. No, no bung ban, as I saw one newspaper put it as. <laughs> um, so nice. yeah, as I, as I mentioned right after the 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 lockdown started, when they banned it, I said, "Oh look, everybody went from being virgins to people with forty intimate partners in one night, didn't you?" <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, that's the way it is. Have you, no, have I, you, have I, you I, got a bad joke for me? 
I, I don't have a bad joke. I've um, I gave you no. I gave you no. Gave you no. Gave me no I I've really gotten into TikTok during isolation. So you oh know, now God. that I know that apparently it's a Chinese government thing, I'm probably going to have to stop doing that. That's all right. But um, um, I saw a joke on there the other week, and I thought at the time I should write this down in case anyone or favorite <laughs> the TikTok in case anyone ever asked me if I've got a joke. But I didn't, so I don't have a joke. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I'm just going to say I was, I was going to make I was going to make a joke about uh about barbecues, but I think I hit a snag. Nice. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, I Dad. Just, just made that one. <laughs> Hello, Liam. I'm Dad. No. <laughs> that's that's all I got for tonight. That, that second one was just a random one I thought on the on the spot. So, uh, please, you know, send me your send me your donations later. Yes, send me your we're love. In desperate need. I'm in desperate need. Yeah, it's like lonely <laughs> down down south. You know. Anyway, I don't have any more jokes for the rest of this week. Tell you what, we'll talk about your podcast actually. Cool. So, Liam. So, so Liam, tell us a bit about it because you are part of, as we mentioned before, Flawless and Music Podcast. I mm-hmm. want to give you a bit of a rundown on what you do with that and I guess how long you've been doing it for. Yeah. So, it's been running for about two and a half years now. So, we're up to episode 67 or 68. One of them comes out tomorrow night. I think that's 68. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they come out fortnightly. So, each episode, so we've got three hosts and we regularly get on guests and that sort of stuff as well. Mm. And so each episode, one of the hosts or the guests that we've got on nominates an album that they think is flawless. And uh, the good thing is no one ever seems to have a concrete definition for what flawless is. So that's also something that we go over is like what it actually yep. means to be flawless. And then we sort of go over the history of the album and, you know, how the person discovered it and why they love it so much. And, yeah, just have a bit of a deep dive on it and talk about all the things that we love about it. So yeah, do you, so you have you have usually a slew of regular hosts, though, don't you? You got like the two or three that come back pretty regularly. Yeah, so there's, yeah, so there's three main hosts. So there's myself, and then George, who's from England. So she brings a lot of the sort of English folk and punk knowledge. And then we've got Grant, and he's from South Africa, mm. and uh, he's probably a bit more mainstream than myself and George. So his his yeah. music knowledge is more sort of triple M, sort of more of the pop rock sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Th- three quite different styles and often it's been good because we can introduce albums to each other that we the other people have never heard so i do a lot of australian stuff that they haven't heard before and then mm. george does some english stuff which often grant hasn't heard and then grant sort of nominates the ma- more mainstream stuff that we know about but we haven't necessarily heard yeah so, so it's, it's i suppose good that sense it'd be i mean it's nothing wrong with people having the same sort of background the same sort of influence mm. but then I suppose with that different, totally different background that all three of you have, you would really sort of cover a lot more ground, uh, have a lot yeah, more source definitely. material to work with. Mm-hmm. And then we try to bring in guests as well who have got different backgrounds as well. So none of us have really got a big knowledge of uh, hip hop or electronica, that sort of side of things. So yeah. we try to find guests who can, you know, give us exposures to a bit more of that side of things. And yeah, just great people. So here in Brisbane who can come on and yeah, be guests and talk about music for an hour or so. What? And so, what I'm guessing is there been an example of a sort of a style of music that you haven't really listened to that then one of these guests have brought in a cool album, gone, you know, that sort of not, not, I guess not changed your opinion, but has sort mm. of exp- expanded your horizons in terms of your enjoyment of this specific genre. Yeah. Like I know probably hip hop's the easiest one. I could def- I'm, yeah. you know, I, I am the white guy. So there's no, <laughs> I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of hip hop. I know white about people it. Can't I, rap, I know like- some of the history of it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, someone who came on and who she's sort of a hip hop and producer artist herself nominated Kendrick Lamar's to Pimp a Butterfly. 
yeah. which I knew of as being a very important album, but I'd never listened to it. And so to, to really have that a chance to have a listen to it and have a bit of a chat about it with someone who'd lived that experience because she was a person of colour as well. So someone who'd lived that experience and had it be such an important album for her was really cool. You must have a, a fair bit of time to sort of research it because you do go into a lot of depth about the songs, like mm. way more than we would ever on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Simply not because of like lack of time and also, you know, these songs are coming out. Like as of this week, we've got to pump through them. Whereas you go through a lot of classic albums that have been out for years yeah. and you might have known for years. So for somebody though, like if somebody brings up an album that, You've never heard before. How much time do you get to really delve into it and research it before the so we, before recording? Yeah, we usually try and make sure we've got about a week or so. So we normally record two episodes in one mm. at one time because we do it in person. So it's easy just to get together for a couple of hours rather yeah. than one hour every fortnight. Um, so yeah, we usually give ourselves about a week to sort of. So for me, I mean, the three of us all do it quite differently. But for me, it's like I'll, I'll have the first listen to just sort of figure out what it is and what it sounds like. And then a couple more listens to figure out, you know, the songs that I like and if there's anything on there that I instantly don't like, which is usually mm. pretty rare. Mm. And then actually sit down, you know, usually over a weekend and start looking up sort of street press interviews. And, you know, a lot of the stuff comes straight from Wikipedia. It's like people <laughs> are like, oh, you got such a great knowledge of this. It's like, no, no, I just copied and pasted it from Wikipedia. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but just doing like little bits of research like that, finding out when it came out, how it charted, if it charted and all that sort of stuff. Look, uh, you can't feel too bad. Uh, Wikipedia's been used by a government minister. Remember that, remember that uh, yeah. scandal that happened that was like seven, eight years ago when Greg Hunt got caught using yeah. Wikipedia? He's like, so where'd you find out that information? He's like, I looked it up on Wikipedia and it was like, yeah. just me absolutely slammed like it, like it. it. It's getting better, but you still shouldn't rely on it for too much stuff. <laughs> Wikipedia's really good because the actual sources- if you go down to the, the bibliography yeah. section, it's good to get an overview and you go, okay, where's that source from? And the sources that yeah. they come from, this is, I'm not the first person to have mentioned this either, but the sources are usually pretty li- reliable because they'll be actually, I don't know, depending on yeah. what you're researching, either actual articles or actual scientific papers or what have you. So, it can be a good overview of, of a certain mm. topic. Yeah, Daniel's I remember I, um, I was once asked to update the Wikipedia entry for the place where I was working <gasps> and um, I we, it had gone through a name change. So, I- just changed the name of the Wikipedia entry and it got declined because there wasn't a uh, reference yeah. for it. And I'm like, it's just the name of the place I work. This, is, this shouldn't be a challenge. Google it, people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, heard of the Google? What's your source? Fucking yeah. Google, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. The, yeah, the moderators on Google on um, Wikipedia are apparently like just absolutely brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And is there been, an, I guess, has there been a- Album where, because you mentioned it's like, because the three of you with different backgrounds must have very differing opinions, just naturally. Yeah, yeah. Has there been an album that's come on where you've all absolutely agreed on it? And I guess likewise, has, has there been an album which really you just can't agree on somebody likes the other two hate? So, it's um we've never found anything that we absolutely hate because we're trying to sort of keep it as positive yeah. as possible. Because I think one of the reasons I started the podcast was because I just found that a lot of discussion around music and pop culture in general was just about like finding different ways to say how much you hate something yeah, blah, 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 and i really blah. just want i really just wanted to be bringing try to yeah. you know bring something positive out so yeah. we really are quite positive as a general approach so at the end of each episode we'll normally go around the room as we say and try and agree or disagree on whether or not something's mm. flawless um we've had i think four or five albums that have got through where all three hosts have agreed that it was flawless. Yeah. Um, but we've only had one ep- album where a guest brought it along and all three guests thought it was flawless. So, hmm. yeah, that was interesting. 
Nice. No, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Mm. So we don't we don't give it away too easily, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we usually do. It's usually like this album was great, but I didn't think it was flawless because so. Who's, yeah, we don't normally. No one's ever really hated anything. Who's the Red Simons of the bunch? Who's like the, the bad? Um, who's the evil judge? The other two will tell you it's me. Because <laughs> there, there's been quite a few times where they've both thought something was flawless and I didn't. But clearly they're wrong. I'm the and fabulous um, one. Yeah, it's become part of a running, sort of once again, another running gag that, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the one that's stopping a lot of albums from getting flawless. Oh, dear. So there is actually a flawless rating. If you, if you all agree, you get like the, I guess, the flawless yeah, seal of approval. Just gets a tick. Hey, yeah. Like, if you like a big stamp, you get the actual no, vinyl. No, yeah, we, go- we, yeah, we haven't figured out how to actually represent it graphically yet. So uh, we'll have to figure to s- that out one day. Have you got like, because every time they can actually that often. specifically buy the vinyl of it, then you can just stamp it on the end and go, now this album's worth like twice as now, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flawless seal of approval, folks. Yeah, we're all, we already skirt legal grounds a little bit. So we probably don't want to be running around doing, <laughs> getting too involved with that side of it. Just reselling back to shops. Hey, this, this album's yeah. like worth twice what the other ones you'd pay. You're going to make an absolute fortune on it. No. Yeah. Nice. And where can we listen to this one? Um, so we are on all major podcast services. So you search for Flawless, a music podcast. And we're also on all the social media. So Facebook, yep. Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And we're Flawless AMP on all of those. Brilliant. So yeah, you can check us out anywhere Brilliant. all over the place. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's got links to all our latest episodes. And our website is just, yeah, if you search for Flawless Music Podcast, you'll get our website as well. Yeah. When, um, when's the, when are the episodes usually out? So Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoons at five o'clock they land. So we've got a new one coming out tomorrow night. Brilliant, brilliant. This will be so, out yeah, actually so by the fortnightly. This will be out by the time. Um, that'll be out by the oh. time this gets broadcast. So what's okay, what was cool. this week's episode? Um, so the next the next episode is Donna Summer's Bad Girls, Ooh, classic. Which is, which is our first def- our first disco album for sure. So I guess brought nice. that one along. She's a DJ and she loves to play it. So yeah, it was real- well, th- that was another example of yeah, definitely being dragged out of my comfort zone to was- discover that the the queen of disco has that title for a reason. <laughs> I was um yeah, is that the the album with I Feel Love on it? No, that's oh. not that one. That's so that's George's favorite Donna Summer song. So she was a little bit disappointed to find it that, that wasn't on this album. That, that song is like twenty years ahead of its time. Like when yeah. I first listened to it, you know, you don't realize. I remember listening to that song as a kid and thinking it was a, a bit bit out of place for a. It was on a seventies compilation. I remember hearing that song, mm. and I thought this song is weird. I couldn't think yeah. of it. I had no <laughs> like eight year old me had no understanding. And then when you're looking back and you go, "Fuck!" Like that that synth. Like the synth sweeps and that—that's all. Like mm. nobody else is yeah. doing that until the nineties. Like, so there's lots of amazing synth stuff on this. So she actually worked with Giorgio Moroder on this album, yeah. and so it's—it's it's actually like it's a double album. So the first, it's two two vinyls. So the first full vinyl is just like eight banging mm. disco tracks, just yep. beautiful. And then there's four like eighties Whitney Houston ballads on the first side okay. of the second one. And then on the back side of the second one is just Giorgio Moroder gets to go experimental with synth sounds. And like you're basically listening to like Kraftwerk and Devo, yeah. except with a disco singer, soul singer over the top of it. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, I'm guessing just Donna Summer's one of those artists that is like, if you're ever into disco or whatever, or if you're ever making anything that's been influenced by disco, mm. you're inside out on that artist. Like yeah, there's like a totally. few, like you get that slew of artists for every genre that's influenced every other artist behind it. Folk, you think Bob Dylan. Rock, you think the Beatles. Disco, Donna Summer. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, nice. I oh, will looking forward to it. Um, keep keep mm. up the good work. It is a really cool podcast. Definitely recommend it. Check it out wherever you. you get your podcasts. 
uh, whack a bit of bar talk on, whack a bit of flawless on, and you know what? That makes a flawless combo, Liam. Yeah. Uh, 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 no. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, too, for, for taking your time out. I have to, I have to admit, I don't like to give away too many secrets, but we we're rushing a bit for uh, this morning. I didn't know you were going to be coming on. So, thank you for <laughs> thank you for filling in. Um, I also did today. not know this morning I was coming on, so <laughs> no, no. not a problem at all. There you go. We don't, we don't keep any secrets here in the Bar Talk studio, <laughs> um, but please, please do go and check it out when you can get a chance. Uh, we'll chat about two of the last two songs that we are playing on this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep things, speaking of like 70s sort of stuff, um, yep. I thought this next track drew a lot of inspiration from that period. You know, uh, it's Siberian Tigers, Call On Me. It's their debut single. Um, so, go and check it out when you can. But I don't know, but this was just, did you get that same sort of feeling when, uh, when you were listening to it as well? Yeah, so very sort of loungy, um, almost like it's on a cruise ship, and the film clip sort of plays into that as well. It's like does. sort of couples doing the ballroom dancing style thing. Yeah. Um, Queensland music represent again Bree Tranter <laughs> from the Middle East. Good to see her doing sort of stuff, and she was like a multi vocal, multi instrumentalist for that band. So good to see her trying, mm. you know, doing lots of different instruments and stuff again in this pairing as well. Yes, with Chris Panasakis. Who um, I don't know if you remember a band called um, Karma County from like the mid to late nineties. Um, I was about three years old at that point, okay. so um, yeah, probably see, not. I'm old. <laughs> it's okay. Um, there's a great brand called Karma County, and his his vocal style is very similar to that, and they were really yeah. cool. And this is really cool too. Yes, yeah. So they've yeah, it's a bit. I don't know what you call them a super group when they've two artists have come from different bands that have done well. But yeah, that there mm. that's going to be on their EP, which is actually out. Next Friday, would you believe? It's called awesome. First Dance. So keeping with that sort of ballroom theme. Yeah. So it'd be cool to see more more of that one on. But I really like the flute work, just how they, mm. they mix it in with the organy sort of keyboard sounds to really yeah. to have that sort of seventies thing going on, which I really liked. Mm. So it's it's just a nice song. It's just a nice love song. So it says call on me. So, you know, when you need someone, call on me. I'm the person that can help you out. Yeah. So it's just you know, sometimes you want your music to be tortured and dark and you want to yeah. do, you know, take you into certain places. And sometimes you just want to hear a nice love song. And uh, yeah, this is for those times. I, I could not have put that better myself, Liam. So uh, <laughs> thank you for thank you for taking the words out, out of my mouth. And now af- after that, we're going to really, really take it down another notch. Um, yeah. Piano ballad. So again, two sort of types of styles that we haven't really touched on in a few in a little while on this show. But Camp mm-hmm. Eight has just released his debut EP, Everything, and this is the uh, new single off that, Happier. Um, yeah. So this whole it's a very emotive album, um, very emotive release with this this new Camp Eight release. Or well, not new. It's his actually mm-hmm. debut release. So yeah, it's a very emotive sort of thing going on. Um, very sort of raw and as as most piano ballads are but i like yeah how it does build up there is still mm. a very satisfying release at the end of the song like did yeah. you get that feeling as well yeah so um i'm a bit of a not too in the closet coldplay fan and the first part of this definitely reminded me of like a softer coldplay song i, I like how just, these days you was- have to be a closet coldplay fan like they just they yeah, just went I, they I'm went not, that hard into the not pop entirely side. i'm not that ashamed of it but i don't <laughs> go around telling a lot of people about it either so it's sort of somewhere in that middle zone of i, I refuse to be ashamed of my musical taste but 
Also, I don't <laughs> tell a lot of people about it. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, definitely the live piano, like the proper instrumentation of the piano really helped with that mm. sort of feel. Mm. And then, yeah, it built into, so it cuts out a lot of the pieces and then it has that slow burn into like yeah. the crescendo with the hand claps and tambourines, but still muted feel to it. It's not like a celebration yeah. crescendo. It's more just sort of letting that, letting some of that tension out, which is it does. The, the Coldplay, the Coldplay songs just explode into happiness because they're a pop band. Whereas this was more like I'm just letting that tension out a little bit, yeah. but not in a way that changes what the song, you know, the the temp, the song is very sort of very emotional and poignant for, it, and you don't sort of cheat that by having a big happy ending on the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a bit of multi, bit of clever mixing and multi tracking on there as well, which mm. I really liked going towards that that second half of the yeah. song. That was cool. Um, apparently, but yeah, a- hand claps and tambourines, love them, love them both. Yeah, apparently so, it details. Those. And I guess your sort of idea on like the the themes and that it does apparently detail like a relationship breaking down, so you can sort of get mm. that get that impression from the type from I guess the times yeah. going on there. And another another person from across the pond from New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. But he's Melbourne based, so he's uh, it's probably Melbourne probably also now, yeah. it doesn't doesn't you know when you're locked down, you just want to be depressed, you know, Liam. Yeah, play at office. That's Come it. On. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I think it's our only Melbourne Melbourne artist. That's what we, you know, what we like to do. We when they come from across the ditch, we just like to steal them as soon as they live here. Yeah, um, that's so it. we're nicking him. He's ours. Can't bake good mm-hmm. stuff. Good, good track. Yeah, thank you, thank you again, Liam. Um, want to give us want to give us the uh, finals? Oh, before we do, of course, make sure you follow Bar Talk on everywhere. Uh, of course, you can catch us on Facebook, Bar Talk AMR Show, AMR's socials. Make sure you follow them too on. Twitter and Instagram, and of course on Facebook. And uh, don't forget, you can always catch this podcast wherever you get your podcasts um, or out on the website, uh, australiamusiciansradio.com forward slash bar talk or shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk. Liam? Yes. Want to take us out? I would. It would be a pleasure. Thank you again for having me. It's been a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. It's good to get get a new voice on the end of that line sometimes. Cool. Happy to do it again if you ever need someone. Oh, pleasure. Uh, to take us out, we have New Zealand-born songwriter Ruben Aparana, a.k.a. Camp 8, with his song Happier. You nearly forgot the song before that, Liam. Oh, sorry. <laughs> before that, we also have Siberian Tiger with Call On Me. Brilliant. See you next time, folks. You're feeling blue, you can call on me, and I'll see you through it. If it's lonely, then I need it too, and you can call on me. In the middle of the night, if you're stuck on looping, you can't find a light, or shine it on you.
I know that I'll be happier Than never before And I know It's alright For my knees and bones Seem to know
Australian Musicians Radio dot com. <laughs> <laughs>